I blame it on the Gillian Beret. <laughs> That's a good excuse. That's a good excuse. If you will, take your Bibles and turn over to Mark chapter 10. That's where our passage is going to come from tonight. Mark chapter 10, beginning in verse 13. Uh, as always, I appreciate the opportunity from the elders here at Saudi to, to be able to speak to you. I asked Don to lead the song, Jesus Loves Me, and if we really all think about that song, it's probably one of the first, if not the first song we ever learned in our lives. I think about when my children were younger than they are now, and when uh, Allie was crying in the car, and me and Emily and Corey would sing, Jesus Loves Me to her to calm her down, or when Allie was older and Tyler was little in the car and he was crying, we'd all for seeing Jesus loves me to try to calm him down and a good portion of the time the song worked but certainly we as Christians today can find comfort in the words Jesus loves me you know if we really think about the words of this song and we're going to talk a little bit about the history of the song and how the verses have come to be today but I want to talk a lot about the message of that song to us today as Christians, do you know that Jesus loves you? Well, I hope if you do not know already that you will by the end of our lesson this evening. In Mark chapter 10, beginning in verse 13, I'm reading from the New King James Version. Then they brought little children to him that he might touch them, but the disciples rebuked those who brought them. But when Jesus saw it, he was greatly displeased and said to them, Let the little children come to me and do not forbid them. For of such is the kingdom of God. Assuredly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it. <clears throat> and he took them up in his arms, laid his hands on them, and blessed them. You think about Christ blessing those little children and you think about the blessings that we receive even today as the children of God. Specifically, the blessing that we have of being able to have eternal life through the blood that was shed by Jesus. Jesus indeed does love us. Jesus Loves Me is a tune that we're all very familiar with. But the song actually began as a poem in 1860, which according to my calculations outdates everyone in this auditorium tonight. 1860, just barely, some. It was written in 1860 by Anna Bartlett Warner as a poem for her sister's book, Say and Seal. And in the story, the poem is recited by Mr. Linden, one of the characters, as he comforts a dying child named Johnny Fax. And here are the original words. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong, they are weak, but he is strong. Jesus loves me, he who died, heaven's gate to open wide. He will wash away my sin, let his little child come in. Jesus loves me, loves me still, though I'm very weak and ill, from his shining throne on high comes to watch me where I lie. Jesus loves me. He will stay close beside me all the way. 
than his little child will take up to heaven for his dear sake. The tune was written later on, two years later, by Dr. William B. Bradbury, as a, he was a well-known composer, and he wrote the tune specifically for Anna Warren's poem, adding the chorus and modifying the last verse. And it appeared in his hymnal, The Golden Shower, in 1862. And it read like this, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong, they are weak, but he is strong. Jesus loves me, he who died, heaven's gate to open wide. He will wash away my sin, let his little child come in. Jesus loves me, loves me still, though I'm very weak and ill. From his shining throne on high comes to watch me where I lie. Jesus loves me, he will stay close beside me all the way. If I love him when I die, he will take me home on high. The tune was originally called Sevens because of the way the music was written. And when they took the song and they sang it uh, as missionaries in China and they talked about how much the Chinese children really lit up with this song, they began to call this song China. So it's had several different names during the years. But we know it as Jesus loves me. And that's really the central message of the entire song. And the verses only go on to prove that Jesus indeed does love us. And it's not just a children's song. It's one of my favorite songs to lead even in the congregation because you can see the faces of our children light up and even the faces of our adults when we sing Jesus loves me. It just gives us that feeling in our, in our souls to understand the love that God had for us and the love that His Son has for us by being willing and able to die on that cruel cross for our sins. What a blessing we have to know that our Jesus loves us. And we can enjoy the benefits of that today. Part of the problem is this song's been changed many different times throughout the years. And our songbook's no different. It changes the last two verses from a song of comfort prior to death into a general assurance that Jesus cares for us and that he loves us. Not just one of comfort, but one of knowing that Christ cares for us. You know, you think about the opportunities that Christ had. He could have called 10,000 angels to destroy the world and set him free. But yet he was willing to go and die on that tree. He was willing to be nailed to that cross for our sins, although he was sinlessly perfect. You think about the scene of the Garden of Gethsemane and him praying, Father, if there be any other way, yet not my will, but thy will be done. If there be any other way, let this cup pass for me. But yet Christ was concerned about the will of the Father. We think about verses like John chapter 1 and verse 1 where we see that Christ was there from the very beginning of creation. The Word of God. And if we read down in John chapter 1 and verse 14, we see that the Word of God became flesh and dwelt among us. We had the very Word of God here on earth to die for our sins. What a blessing we have as Christians today. You know, oftentimes we think about people before us. 
we think about people of the Old Testament and we think, well, if I were there in their particular shoes, I would not have made the same decision that they made. And we normally criticize them for the decision that they made because we know now that that was a bad decision. But you think about how much of the Bible and the Word of God we have today. We have the whole Word of God. We have all the stories of the Old Testament. We have all the stories of the New Testament. We have the whole Word of God pertaining everything about life and godliness. The whole of God's Word. And yet we still make bad decisions today. We know more than they did then and we still make bad decisions today. Jesus loved us. Even though he knew we were still going to be sinners, even though he knew we were still not going to follow the things that God would have us to do completely, he loved us enough to die on a cross. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong, they are weak, but he is strong. The song starts out with a simple assertion that I know that Jesus loves me and then proceeds to prove the point by saying the Bible tells me so. We just talked about John chapter 1 and verse 1 and 1 and verse 14. But how about John, in John 15 and verse 13? A verse that we all should be familiar with. Greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for his friend. Jesus loved us enough to lay down his life for us, even though we are not sinlessly perfect. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 16, we see both the Lord Jesus and God, the Father, loved us. If you will turn over there to 2 Thessalonians, excuse me, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 16. Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and our God and Father who has loved us and has given us everlasting consolation and a good hope by grace comfort your hearts and establish you in every good word and work. God and the Son both loves us. Not only did they love us then at that particular point, but they love us now, even in the condition that we sometimes may be in. In Revelation chapter 1 and verse 5, we see that Christ washed our sins away with his own blood. How much more love can you have for an individual than that? I know Jesus loves me because Jesus loves children. Mark chapter 10 verses 13 through 16 that we just read. Don't forbid these little children to come to me. And he held them and he blessed them. We think about the blessings that God has for us today. Eternal life through obedience to His will. What a wonderful blessing that is. I know that Jesus loves me because Jesus protects the weak. We can look at the pages of the Old Testament in Isaiah chapter 40, verses 28 through 31 to know that God strengthens the weak. And then if you will, turn over to 2 Corinthians <clears throat> 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 10. 
Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distress for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Jesus loves me. It is the theme that runs through the entire Bible. 2 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 4. And in imitation of Christ, we do the same today. Turn back over, if you will, to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 14. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn those who are unruly, comfort the faint-hearted, uphold the weak, be patient with all, see that no one renders evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is good both for yourselves and for all. God helps us. Jesus helps us even when we're weak. You think about weak times in our lives, the sickness of a loved one or the loss of a loved one or the loss of a close friend or someone that we are acquainted with and the weakness sometimes that we have mentally and physically and emotionally, but yet Jesus and God are strong and they still love us even when we're weak. Jesus loves me, he who died heaven's gate to open wide. He will wash away my sin. Let his little child come in. It was because of Jesus' love that we were given away to heaven. Turn, if you will, over to John chapter 14 and verse 6. John chapter 14, beginning in verse 6. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. You think about that. It has uh, several meanings to us as Christians today. There's no way to the Father except through Jesus. Think about that. The Word of God is Jesus. The Word of God is the message from Jesus that we have today. So that Word of God dwelling in our hearts and in our minds and making application of that Word in our lives, then we understand that we can come through the Father, to the Father, through the Son, by His authority, because of the blood that was shed for us on the cross. For He is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through Jesus. You know, sometimes we've all been in situations where we've had someone praying publicly, and maybe you've been in this situation that I have. Uh, sometimes at the hospital we'll have a, a chaplain that will come and, and pray for us. And um, this is not to criticize, but just an observation that I have. Sometimes we try too hard to be politically correct. And sometimes they try too hard to be politically correct in their prayers. And so they'll read a poem that really doesn't have a lot of depth to it and is not really addressing God the Father in, in submission to the Father and things of this nature. And they'll say at the beginning of the prayer, they'll say, let us have a moment to meditate. Or are we meditating or are we praying? Well, we can do both, right? Praying can be meditation. But then we get to the end of the prayer and they say, amen. And, and it, it makes me think of... Uh, some of us, if you remember picking up a, an actual telephone, 
like not a cell phone, but an actual telephone, you would get a, you would get a signal, like a, a dial tone. Some of the young people don't know what that is. But you who know, you would get a dial tone, right? And if you uh, miscalculated the number or something, it would say, you know, you, we're not able to complete your call as dialed, try again or that number is disconnected or no longer in service, when you get to the end of the prayer and you have not prayed by the authority of Jesus Christ, it makes me think of the phone saying, sorry, this number is no longer in service. You've been disconnected because you've not made that prayer through the authority of Jesus Christ who died so that we can approach the throne of God as we do. In Romans chapter 5, beginning in verse 8. Romans chapter 5, beginning in verse 8. I use my iPad because I can blow up the the words really big and then I don't have to wear my glasses. Romans chapter 5, beginning in verse 8. But God demonstrates his love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. We've been reconciled to God because of the blood that was shed by Jesus Christ on the cross. Amen. It is the measure of how much God loved us. You see all the times in uh, in sporting events they have John 3:16 and it's a wonderful verse but John 3:16 by itself isn't going to get you to heaven folks. John 3.16 is a wonderful verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But there's more to belief than just saying that you believe. Jesus Christ came in the flesh to give us the whole of God's word. And we must make proper application of that word in our lives. Turn, if you will, over to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5, beginning in verse 25. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. Wow. 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 What kind of love is a husband supposed to have for his wife? The same love that Christ had for his church. What an awesome responsibility we as husbands have. That he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. That he might present her to himself a glorious church. Not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing. But that she should be holy and without blemish. What does Christ desire that his church be spotless and without blemish? How do we do that? We can't do it without the blood of Jesus Christ. That is the only way that we could be presented before God without spot or blemish. 
Now Satan cannot stop the, the pillaging of his domain. Matthew chapter 16 and verse 18. Matthew 16 and verse 18. And I also say to you that you are Peter and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Peter wasn't the rock that he was building the church on. But Peter's confession that you are God, the son of God is the confession that Peter was making there. He said, you are Christ the son of God. Of the living God, Matthew chapter 16 and verse 16. That's the rock that Christ made the foundation of the church. It echoes in the future of heaven's gates in Revelation chapter 25 and verse, or 21 and verse 25. And the children of the kingdom are not forbidden, Matthew chapter 19, verses 13 through 14. Jesus loves me. Jesus loves the children, dear. Children far away and near. They are safe when in his care every day and everywhere. I was not able to locate where this particular verse originated, but it does remind me of some passages in the Bible that can give us comfort in knowing that God loves his children everywhere that they are. Matthew chapter 11 should be a very familiar verse to us. Matthew chapter 11, beginning in verse 28. <clears throat> Matthew 11, beginning in verse 28. Come to me, all ye who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You think about our burden in comparison to Christ's burden. Our burden is light. Our burden is light. Even despite the physical ailments that can come our way, the emotional ailments that can come our way, the, the psychological ailments that can come our way, our burden is light compared to to our Savior, Jesus Christ. He died for all men, Romans chapter 15 and verse eight, 18. Romans chapter 5 and verse 18, I'm sorry. Safe is not the physical safety that we think about, but the spiritual safety that we can have through the blood of Jesus Christ. What is Christ doing right now as we speak? He's sitting at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for us. He is our advocate, our high priest. I'm glad to know that Christ made the sacrifice for me and that he loved me enough to go and be separated from his Father while on the cross and to be restored with him later on to go to heaven and intercede for me. You think about the intercession that Christ makes for you. We have God's protection, Romans chapter 8, verses 33 through 39. Jesus, take this heart of mine, make it pure and holy thine. Thou hast bled and died for me. I will henceforth live for thee. That's a promise that we make to Christ. We'll live for you because we understand the sacrifice that you made for us. 
Do we sing those words and just flippantly sing them and not really think about the words that we're saying? This verse in the chorus I found in the golden bells or hymns of our children, children's special service mission, London. And the date's believed to be around 1890. It was on page uh, 26 of the book. And um, it's an interesting verse just as well. You can also see Jesus lifted up, surrender the gospel choir by our steward in London, the 1st of September, 1896, on page 33, and it reads like this. Jesus from his throne on high came into this world to die, that I might from sin be free, bled and died upon the tree. I can see him even now with his pierced thorn-clad brow, agonizing on the tree. Oh, what love and all for me. Now I feel his heart of stone, drawn to love God's holy son, lifted up on Calvary, suffering shame and death for me. Jesus, take this heart of mine, make it pure and holy thine. Thou hast bled and died for me, I will henceforth live for thee. Jesus' love changes us. We understand that the very foundation of love is God. The Bible tells us God is love. Therefore, if Jesus Christ is the Son of God and part of that Godhead, Jesus is love. Jesus loves us. With His very being, with His very fiber, with His own life, Jesus loves us. We know love because Jesus died for us, 1 John chapter 3 and verse 16. Jesus dwells in us, rooted in love, Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 17. We know that He dwells in us through the Word of God. We belong to Christ, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 and 20. And we live for the Lord, Romans chapter 14, verses 7 through 9. Jesus loves us you and Jesus loves me we are changed and we are purified by the blood that was shed on the cross for our sins Titus chapter 2 verses 11 through 14 it leads me to righteousness for his sake Psalms chapter 23 and verse 3 as David prayed so we should pray today that Jesus will guide us in our paths. He will guide us to the path that leads to heaven. He will guide us all the days of our lives so that we can remain faithful unto death to receive that crown of life. Do you know that Jesus loves you? Do you truly know that Jesus loves you? Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. The Bible tells us many, many times and shows us proof that Jesus indeed does love us and that God loved us enough to send His only Son to die on that cruel cross for our sins. If you have not become a Christian, I hope that you understand that God loves you through the blood that was shed through His Son, that Jesus loves you, and gave his life for you so that you can have a home in heaven one day. 
We know from the Bible that we must hear the Word of God, for faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. We must believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. We understand that He was the Word and we became flesh and dwelt among us. John chapter 1 and verse 14. We must repent of our sins, stop sinning on purpose, have that change of mind. For the time of ignorance God overlooked, but now commands every man everywhere to repent. Acts chapter 17 and verse 30. We must confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and be buried in that watery grave of baptism, raised to walk in newness of life. You think about the reenactment there of Christ dying and raising again and how we do that during baptism. And if we could look at that water and sin was visible about all that sin that we leave behind when we come out of that water. And we as Christians who have been baptized, who have made our life committed to God and have fallen away sometimes. If you've committed a public sin and you need public repentance. Or you need the prayers and thoughts of your brothers and sisters in Christ. Have you forgot that Jesus loves you? If you have a need to respond to the Lord's invitation this evening, whatever your need may be, we offer you that invitation now as together we stand and sing.